Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Hey, Freaky Friends! It's Michelle and Melissa from the Freaky Fridays Podcast. We are sisters in separate states and love to talk about all kinds of spooky, freaky, and scary shit while drinking and laughing through our fear. Join us Fridays as we delve into everything from the world of the paranormal to scary movies to creepy stuff we find around the internet. Subscribe to Freaky Fridays wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Sleep tight. Make sure you leave the lights on. Freaky Fridays is a proud member of the Podmoth Network. For more awesome pods, check out podmoth.network. Alrighty, Mom, what kind of story you got for us today? Well, I am going to be telling you about a murderer who said some stupid stuff on TV, and now because of that, uh, his murder trial is known as the family feud murder so interesting yes we're gonna get into that what are you telling us about today i'm gonna be talking about the sky king king i don't know that name it happened i wouldn't say recently i guess five years ago now that i think about it but that's a newer case, I guess, compared to some of the okay. other ones we've done. True. To go with it, I've got the 747 cocktail. So this cocktail has one ounce of vodka, one ounce of roses, sweet, and lime juice. I didn't have any of that, so I just used regular lime juice. Uh, one ounce of cranberry juice and top it off with Sprite. You can optionally garnish with a lime wheel or... Some cranberries, but once again, I do not garnish, so. Okay, here we go. Let's try it. Try it. That's good. Oh, I taste. So I used the sweetened lime, and I think that it would have a much different flavor if you just used lime juice. Cause I get yeah, that. I'm not a big fan of that roses lime stuff. I'd rather just yeah, use it, normal limes. It has a very distinct flavor, and that's lime cordial what or whatever it's called. Yeah, the lime cordial. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, so I just went with normal lime. But it's really good. It doesn't I like taste it. like it's alcohol tasty. at all. Yeah, that's true. It does not. Tell us about this Sky King story. story. Yeah. Yeah. 
On August 10th, 2018, a plane would leave the Seattle airport around 7.30 p.m. However, this plane never landed. Richard Russell was a Horizon Air ground service agent from Sumner, Washington. He had been part of the tow team. The tow team is responsible for repositioning planes in the airport so that if a new plane comes in and it needs to be moved to a different gate or area, Russell was a man to do it. And I think oh. they attached the plane to like a little car and towed by the front a tow wheel. truck? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that makes sense. He had been working at the Seattle airport for over four years and was friends with a lot of his coworkers. At around 1.35, a Horizon Air Bombarder Q400 landed at the airport. That's just the name of the plane, like the model okay. or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, all of its passengers and pilots were loaded off in regular fashion. The ground's crew began its regular post-flight service of the aircraft, and the plane sat since it wasn't scheduled to leave the airport that night. A few hours after it had been serviced, Russell made his way to the plane and boarded it. He taxied yeah, the plane sure. to the runway 16C, and that's when air traffic control noticed the unauthorized plane. A nearby pilot waiting by the runway noticed the plane started a takeoff roll with one of its wheels smoking, which cannot be good. You need those things to land. No. Yeah, that is not good yeah. at all. As they were trying to speak with Russell, the plane initiated its flight takeoff from the runway. Since air traffic control had no idea who was flying an unauthorized plane, they promptly contacted Portland Air National Guard Base. The air, the air base dispatched two F-15s equipped with air-to-air -air missiles roughly 30 minutes after Russell's takeoff. So they, they were real quick with it. They heard... A plane was taking off that was, one, unauthorized, and two, they had no idea who was flying it. And so they just sent out some uh, fighter jets just in case, like, yeah, there was some kind of yeah. terrorist organization right. taking it or something. So they so, couldn't reach him on the radio or anything? He wasn't responding? Mm -hmm. Oh. They yeah. kept trying to make contact, but he just wouldn't answer. Okay. Following the F-15s was a refueling plane, just in case they needed to make an extended trip, since they didn't know what where this plane was headed. So right. they brought an extra refueling, refueling plane. Air traffic controllers were able to make contact with Russell before the jets arrived, and they tried to instruct him on where to land. There was a couple different... Uh, places where you could land the plane. One was a military base. One was the airport that he took off from. And there was a smaller airport uh, a few miles away. Or okay. he could just land in the Puget Sound. So they, they were trying to offer him some options on where to land the plane. Uh, all he responded to, all he responded to this with was, I'm just a ground service agent. I, w I wasn't really planning on landing it. So, okay. Yeah. So, he then all told right. Them, he then told them that he was going to try a few maneuvers. Oh, he proceeded good, to do a loop-de-loop -loop 
and a barrel roll during which he kept in contact with the traffic controller saying, I'm sorry about this. I hope this doesn't ruin your day. And it's a blast. I play video games a lot, so I kind of know what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, question. How big was this plane? Mm -hmm. It was pretty decent. It. It wasn't like a 747, like a big, big plane, but it was similar to the ones that would take off from the Medford Airport, you know? Okay. So there's Except for a those, decent, it's a I decent believe, size. Yeah, those kind of planes were uh, turbine planes, though. I believe the plane that he has is a prop plane, but it's got oh, two props wait. on each side. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It's a little funky looking, but it's bigger a planes like that. Plane. Yeah, you don't typically do loop de loops in big airplanes like that. <laughs> nope. Uh, so the jets had caught up with Russell at this point, and they followed him, just watching his movements while traffic controllers tried to convince him to come back. Russell maintained a calm, cool, and collected demeanor, and even joked with AirTac about him throwing up in the cockpit. <laughs> Oh, I guess he had thrown up all over himself while doing the maneuvers. And okay, so the the traffic controllers let him know that there were other passenger planes in his area. To which he responded, "Oh no, I don't want to mess up anyone else's day," and started flying away from the airport. So it's not like he was like malicious or anything. He just wanted to take right. the plane and have fun. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> As you do on a casual. Weekday afternoon, yeah, morning, whatever it was. It was around this time when they were able to find a pilot who had flown this specific plane before. He talked with Russell, who explained he took the plane due to minimum wage and said hopefully this will help grease the gears of the higher-ups. So he mentioned that he was upset with the pay that he was getting for his job, and that was part of the reason that he took the plane. <laughs> We all upset, but we don't steal airplanes. Okay. He he reiterated time after time that he didn't want to hurt anyone and stated, I have a lot of people who care about me and it's going to disappoint them to hear that I did this. And I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. I'm just a broken guy who's got a few screws loose and I never really knew it until now. So it sounds like he was going. Did you not know before? stuff up there yeah i mean you gotta About have some screws of... loose to get into that situation steal a plane yeah okay yeah but all the people that he worked with even the his bosses and stuff they all said this isn't something that he would do like it's very unlike him he's just a normal guy just funny charismatic he was he was well liked at work he wasn't like some trench coat wearing guys like always in the corner of the room or whatever right where you think they're going to do something shady but yeah this was very unlike him to do that so about an hour and 15 minutes after russell took off he purposefully took a nosedive hitting a lightly populated island in the puget sound called ketron island killing only russell oh EMS made it to the island about an hour after the crash and was able to set the fire out by the morning. An investigation was launched by the FBI afterwards, 
and it determined that Russell had acted alone and this was a planned suicide, not a terroristic attack. So I guess wow. there is a bright side in that, that he wasn't, he was definitely not trying to hurt anyone. And they believed that he had picked this specific island because he knew that there isn't going to be hardly anyone Nobody on it. Nobody was on it. There was a couple people who lived there, and there was a cabin nearby the crash that heard everything, but the fire never made it to his house or anything. So no one was hurt, which was nice. But now that now uh, Alaska Airlines is out of a giant airplane, so wow, I don't know. That's a bummer. That's the Sky King. Yeah, it's an interesting name. it's a cool way to go. So that name was yeah. created after people had made memes about it. Like, oh, the, yeah. So everybody dubbed him the Sky King, and there's like T-shirts made of him and stuff like that. It was kind of interesting, but it's one way to go out. That's yeah. I, it's pretty cool, I think. That's that's yeah. one way to go out. I wouldn't recommend it, but. I mean, if you're gonna go, probably go be pretty fast. So big ball of fire. So you know, there's a lot of mountain ranges over by Seattle, and yeah, uh, the whole time he was talking to the the traffic control, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go head over to Olympus and check it out real quick." And then he's like, flying around Olympus, and he's like, "Oh, wow, this is going by a lot faster than I thought. This thing's really moving." Oh. <laughs> Was yeah, so he was Mount just Olympia? checking out the scenery. That... Olympia, sorry. Olympia? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Rainier. Okay. Rainier's over there, right? Rainier, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Rainier and Olympia and just wow. kind of checked them out from the sky. And There's videos of... So there's a whole... Like, someone recorded the entire conversation with him in traffic control. And it's right. on YouTube. It's pretty interesting oh. to watch. But Huh. Okay. Yeah. Or would not yeah. have wanted to be that air traffic controller. I mean. The way he's talking, too. It's not like he's crying. He sounds like a normal dude who's just talking with a buddy or something. Like, it's super yeah. weird. Huh. I don't know. That it, is there's also videos of him doing the barrel roll. Oh. I don't think there's enough of him doing the loop-de-loop. But, yeah. Someone recorded <laughs> him doing the barrel roll on his plane. Ooh. <laughs> You know, if I played a lot of video games, I don't think that I would think, oh, I could do this in real life. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go steal a plane. I'm going to try it out. I think it's Microsoft, but one of the, it's either Microsoft or Google, but there's a plane simulator game that's designed for pilots in school, Mm. in pilot school or whatever. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyone can play it, so... Okay. I think that's probably what he was playing to get the understanding like that. Makes sense. Okay. Nice. So tell me about your story. So my story, uh, if you've been on Instagram, you've probably seen a clip of 
this guy and the statement he made on the game show that he was on. So the man's um, name is Timothy Bleefnick. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So and and the murder that he committed against his wife is Becky makes this the uh in general terms, people call it the family feud murder, but it was several years after he was on the game show. So Timothy Bleefnick was born in 1983 and grew up in a small town in Illinois. Raised by both of his parents, he was one of three boys. The family was involved in their local church and with Tim's school. He enjoyed school activities and clubs and played the saxophone. Tim met Rebecca, often referred to as Becky, while the two were in college. They got married in September 2009 and eventually had three children. Both Tim and Becky worked full-time, but they still found time to spend quality time as a couple and also as a family with their kids. In 2010, Tim and several of his family members made an appearance on the TV game show, The Family Feud. So if people have never seen The Family Feud, it's where you and your family go on and then the host asks questions that are based on, <clears throat> on survey questions, and you're supposed to guess how many people said a certain thing. So this episode that he was on has made it all over media and the internet and everything because he answered a question that ended sort of oddly, and it was a dark foreshadowing of later events. So the question posed to the contestants by the show host, Steve Harvey, was, what's the biggest mistake you made on your wedding day? Tim's answer was, quote, honey, I love you, but said I do, end quote. And if you've seen that clip, and not known what happened years later that we're going to talk about next, it definitely makes you go, oh my gosh, who would say that? But here's the rest of the story. So after getting some shocked responses from his teammates, he clarified, quote, not my mistake. I love my wife, end quote. But in 2021, Becky left the marriage and requested a protection order against Tim. In January 2021, the couple filed for divorce. Later that year, Becky requested a protection order against her father-in-law as well, Tim's dad. She had concerns that her father-in-law would take the children, so she didn't want them to be unsupervised with his dad. The separation and divorce was not going well, and Becky further feared for her life. Becky expressed to a friend that Tim wanted everything in the divorce, in the divorce, all of their assets and full custody of their children. She had such a concern for her safety that she sent messages to her sister and brother-in-law specifically stating that if anything happened to her, that Tim should be considered the prime suspect. Yeah, not, that does not bode well. Sounds like there's something that happened in the past. <laughs> Maybe a gun was waved around or something. <laughs> I don't know. On February 22nd, 2023, Tim had the boys spending the night at his house. The next day, Tim arrived at the boys' school about an hour before the school would let out. 
Then shortly after school was dismissed at about 3 p.m., Tim texted Becky's dad. Tim asked him to go check on Becky, claiming that the school had called him to say that Becky didn't pick up the boys. Becky's father went to her home to check on her and found her deceased with several gunshot wounds. She had been shot 14 times in the bathroom of her home. Yeah, not, not nice. It appeared that someone had used a crowbar to gain entry to the home. Tim was arrested for Becky's death about three weeks later. He was charged with two counts of first-degree murder and one count of home invasion. Tim's home was 14. searched. In- she was shot 14 hmm? times, so that means, depending 14. on the gun, he possibly had to reload. Possibly, yes. Uh, yes, and I don't know the details of the gun and whether or not that would have been the case. I'm not sure. I didn't see anything about that, but I definitely did think about that knowing some very minor things about guns, but yeah. So he was charged with two counts of first degree murder, one count of home invasion. They searched his house and they found a gun safe, but the gun safe would did not contain a gun. So, but there were purchase records for two handguns, both nine millimeters. Only one of the guns was located. They did find um, that he had bullets that matched the same caliber of bullets that were found near Becky's body. He also had some spent shell casings in his home that matched the caliber found uh, at Becky's home during I don't the trial. Understand that. Like, uh, so another recent case that just came out is there re they just issued a search warrant for a home in the murder of Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they inside they found spent shell casings, but. What I'm thinking is, who would keep spent shell casings? Even if you were picking them up from doing a crime, you'd throw them away. And you don't would keep throw them. them away. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't. I don't make get any that sense. either. That's <laughs> definitely a head scratcher. I I don't understand why you, anybody would do that. But people keeps all sorts of garbage, so you know, who knows? True. It just seems like a good way to get caught if you killed someone with a gun, and then you have shell casings matching the same ballistics of the bullet right that's just a fucking giant finger pointing at you i yeah 100 percent. if i commit a murder i'm gonna try and get away with it i'm not gonna leave evidence just sitting around that would be yeah. an obvious thing i mean thing. you might be better off leaving the shell casings there because then they obviously know it came from this bullet but if you yeah, have it I in know. your house then <laughs> it's stupid yeah, it's weird it's weird During the trial, testimony was heard from Becky's family about the texts she sent claiming that Tim should be the prime suspect if anything happened to her. Becky had an uncompleted call to 911 at approximately 1 a.m. on the morning of her death. Around Becky's body were pieces of plastic that the prosecution suggested might be from a homemade silencer. 
Law enforcement also testified to some interesting internet searches that Tim had done on his phone prior to Becky's death. About a week and a half before Becky's death, Tim had done several searches for a license plate. That plate belonged to Becky's boyfriend, who happened to be spending the night at her home when the searches were done on Tim's phone. Someone was seen outside Becky's home that night pacing in the driveway with, uh, obviously, the prime suspect of that was Tim. So, Tim, somebody, presumably Tim, is seen pacing in her driveway her new boyfriend happens to be spending the night, his vehicle's there, and Tim has a whole bunch of search history on his phone regarding the new boyfriend's vehicle. So it definitely was a little odd. But searching the license plate of your estranged wife's new lover obviously doesn't mean murder. It just showed that maybe he was a little obsessed. However, a lot of obsession. It's weird. <laughs> a lot of obsession. Yeah. But that like weird internet searching for a license plate was just kind of the tip of the iceberg on that because he also had searches on his phone for opening a window from the outside, how to break into a home using a crowbar, how to pick a lock. How to make a homemade gun silencer. He also wanted to know how long the police response time was in the city that they lived in. And he looked up whether or not you could wash off gunpowder residue. And all of this search history is brought up in his trial. That's, yeah. that's really bad look. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad look. So there was also evidence that Tim purchased a bicycle from somebody on Facebook Marketplace. Detectives believe that Tim rode the bike to Becky's home, broke in, and killed her. Then rode the bike back towards his house, left the bike in an alley about a block from his home. There was video surveillance evidence along the suspected route that he would have gone, that police thought that he had gone. Uh, of someone riding a bike towards her house and then away from her house at around the time surrounding her death. So they saw some random person riding a bicycle to and from the area that she lived in, but they couldn't identify that it was conclusively him. They just saw somebody riding to and from, but it's also the middle of the night. Who's riding a bicycle to and from in the middle of the night? So you know, they couldn't say for certain it was him, but after hearing all the testimony on May 31st of this year, Tim was found guilty on all counts. He was sentenced on August 11 to three life sentences. During the sentencing hearing, friends and family of Becky requested the judge sentence Tim to life in prison without any option for parole. And that's what they did. And that is the Family Feud murder case. It's super weird that, mm -hmm. that you just made every wrong decision. If you're gonna, oh, for sure. I don't understand how people make the same like dumb mistakes. Like, 
uh, you first of all, it's weird to look those things up, but if you're going to do so, go to like a public library and use their computer. Like, yeah, don't use your phone. Definitely don't take your phone with you when you commit the crime. I don't know if that right. was part he of the He did not take his not, phone but... with him. He did not take his phone with him. There was a whole bunch of evidence um, that was – I didn't include it in the story because it was super confusing. But he had like a fitness tracker linked to his phone. And there were a whole bunch of episodes where – the tracker disconnected from his phone on the days that he was suspected to be stalking her in the middle of the night. So the night when he did all the searches about the boyfriend's license plate, the night that she was murdered, there was all of these incidents where the fitness tracker disconnected from the phone. So I think the theory was that he left the phone at home, but he had the fitness tracker on. I mean, you want to get in your steps. You want to get your mileage recorded, so I would assume that, bike ride that, that he took, you know. Yeah, he's got to he's got to track that shit because it's important. <laughs> yeah, but I also, I I honestly don't know if that's what they were trying to say was happening with the fitness tracker information, but it kind of was really confusing. So that's why I didn't mention it because I was like, I'm just going to tell you about the stuff that actually seemed to correlate to the story so yeah wild stuff man sorry just do um, you have I, a... I hate yeah. to say this but i think i could commit a murder and get away with it but obviously <laughs> a lot of We're, people well not anymore lucky. you just said that you could on a podcast you can't do it now those are private thoughts man uh, I think everybody thinks that they could get away with a murder, but yeah, I don't. Know. And I think a lot of them just don't see all of the pieces to the puzzle. So, yeah. You have a chaser for us. I do have a chaser. It is a watch recommendation. Uh, it just recently started on Amazon Prime, and that is Harlan Coben's show Shelter. So I mentioned, I don't even remember what episode it was. I highly recommended all of Harlan Coben's books. He wrote um, the book Shelter, and it's a young adult series that has been turned into a show on Amazon Prime. He's Harlan Coben's done a ton of stuff and he's on Netflix. I again, I've mentioned him many times on here and talked about his shows on Netflix, but this one is on Amazon Prime and it follows uh, the main character, Mickey Bolitar and some interesting things happen. So we just started watching it. It's only a couple, only a few episodes are out right now. They didn't release the entire series yet, but I'm loving it so far. And it's really good. The actors are great. The writing is phenomenal. So I highly, highly recommend it. Check it out. It's Harlan Coben's shelter on Amazon prime. Okay.
Do you have, also have a, a watch recommendation? Oh, it's a uh, that movie Acts of Violence. I told um, you about it yesterday, but yeah, um, one of the main characters has the exact same name as me, spelled the same way too. Because I have a weird spelling on my name. I already have like a, a unique name, but it's mine is spelled differently. And there's like the main character in that movie is spelled the same as mine. And they even call him the same like nickname, Deck, which I guess is not really a nickname. It's just an abbreviation, but it is. But a lot it's of people a, call you that. It's about a group of brothers who break up a uh, sex trafficking ring. Oh, yeah, that would be. It's pretty cool. Wow, they're all like, or not all of them, but. There's two uh, veterans in there, so they just kind of go crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a decent Dad watch. Says, I wouldn't say it has the best acting, but it's a good movie. Dad thinks that we have seen it, but of course I don't remember it because it would have been like longer ago than a month, and so I tend to forget anything that I watch. I think we've seen it too. There's scenes that look familiar, but. I didn't okay. know how it ended, so it was a decent watch. Nice. Well, I'll have to watch it again and refresh my memory, and I'll probably remember the ending right before it happens. <laughs> I'll go, oh, yeah! It's got Bruce Willis in it. The nice. One of his, uh, before he quit acting. Yeah. But apparently nice. uh, Quentin Tarantino is trying to get him to play in his last movie, so maybe oh, Bruce Willis that... will make one final cameo. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, um, I also want to read... Oh. Nope. Don't end. It. I wanted to read um, a recent... Oh, shit. You're going to have to cut this part out. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. That does wrap it up for us today. <laughs> okay. Because I can't get my phone to work. I was going to read... <laughs> Uh, a recent Apple review, but my phone just like is sitting there thinking, and apparently it doesn't want me to read. So, okay. next well, time, I wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, we're wrapping it up. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Thanks for watching, guys. Love you, mom. Love you. Bye. <laughs> hey, friends! Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.